Yes, I think the soil is very rich right now, especially off the the heels of Me Too and everything that's happening where um, we can redefine ourselves, both men and women. And this is not me saying like this is what a man looks like. It's, Mm -hmm. It's just saying you decide what it looks like for you yeah you know? like it doesn't have to be what you've always been told it is yes and i think a lot of us um uh, are tracing blueprints from you know parents culture um locker rooms yeah right all of that should i mean we we're just talking about you crying and yeah you know all that uh it's, you gotta bring it up again damn dude yeah <laughs> Should they don't tell you, I'm Nikki Limo. Hello, everybody. My name is Stephen Green. And today we are joined by our amazing guest. I'm so stoked to have you on today. John Kim, you are an author, a therapist. You started as a screenwriter. Yes. I've been following you on Instagram forever. I was just talking about this before yeah, we started. Yeah, thank you for following me. Thank you for having me. Yeah, um, no, I'm like, I, it just dawned on me that I could ask people that I have only been following but have never met in real life mm. to come on to our show. Because before we were kind of like we we're kind of connected in the digital world. So we have like a lot of YouTuber people, actors, yeah. musicians, people like that. But almost all of them I've met before. And just recently I'm like, wait, there's so many people I follow that I'm inspired by that I think are really good at speaking on a lot of the topics that we talk about that I just didn't realize that I could reach out and say, hey, <laughs> want to come on? Yeah. And- so. Doesn't it, doesn't it, um, if, and uh, you know, you, your platform's much bigger than mine, but when you have someone that reaches out to you that has, has been following you for a long time, like they're OG, yeah, doesn't that mean something? Yeah, yeah. like uh, the fact that you've been following me before I wrote my books, I was like, wow, that's like, that's like, I like my heart warms up. I was like, oh my that's god, so, this that's is so awesome. Yeah. yeah, um, I found you, and this is like so rare. I feel like it's only been a couple. Uh, pages that I found this way, but through the Explore tab, like I was oh. randomly on the what? Explore tab. What did you type yeah. in? You're one of those weirdos who actually type, uses that thing. You type no, angry not, Korean guy. What did you <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, that's I. I was trying. I was dealing with my dad issues. Right. <laughs> my right. dad's Asian. Right. Uh, no. Um. <laughs> I think because uh, you know, like I follow Wayne Dyer and Eckhart Tolle, oh, right. and um, you know, it just suggests things to you. I don't even think because. The Explore oh, tab, you I find see. it by going to search. Sure. So I think I was going to search someone uh, and ended up on the Explore tab, and it just had random. It has right. random things right. of what you might like, and it had a quote from you. You had, you know, you do oh. your um, some of your posts are yeah, yeah. written typewriter. out the typewriter. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and I don't even remember what the quote was, but I really liked it, and it was just raw and it was real, oh, and it was the type of vibe that I really like. And so I, yeah, I followed. I think you might have had like. 5,000 or yeah. 6,000 sure. followers. I, had, I I hadn't heard of your blog or anything. Yeah. And um and I just found you on the Instagram Explore page with yeah. the, the typing posts. So you were like, who's this weirdo who can't spell? <laughs> that, that kind of looks like my dad. I was like, Because oh. I get Filipino a lot. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, you do actually kind of look like my dad. Yeah. More than Korean. I, you look like yeah. all of my uncles. It's because you're tan. <laughs> Yeah, because I think there's like the the there's like darkies. Yeah, there's, there's like there's the jungle light. Asians. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm definitely jungle. I get Mexican all the time. So. Oh, I can see that. I can see <laughs> yeah, that because I think the white mixture like yes. throws people. They're like, you don't yes. look Asian. I thought so. she was Mexican when when we met. Yeah. Because I and I always thought I was like I'm really into Mexican chicks and I was like oh, oh cool of course. So when you found out, were yeah. you like I want to refund or? Yo, basically. Oh, he's so. like I was outraged. And she's can, like half Asian here was like no money back. Yeah, he's like <laughs> this is it. He's like make me tamales. I'm like I could make you lumpia. What do you want? So I found you on Instagram, and um, and then shortly after I found you, and I liked a lot of your posts. Mm-hmm. Um, you posted a lot about your relationships and divorce, and um, like having expired relationships, uh, and t- and how they're 
how they what, how would you explain that? It's like it's like relationships aren't like you just that guy dumped me. It's like yeah, the relationship so- Expired. I think um, I think it's a mindset, and here's the thing: when I say expired, I know people are like, "That's kind of disrespectful to the relationship because now you're comparing your relationship to milk." I get all that. <laughs> what? But here's the thing: people can chill. Well, I mean, I I think that um, we do have to respect whatever we went through, even if it was tough, because that's you know learning and soil for growth. But if you think that your relationship has expired as opposed to someone did something to you or broke up with you or cheated on you, or whatever, it's easier to let go. It's yeah. easier to accept. And it's easier to believe that there's something bigger going on and there's a reason why you had to go through what you had to go through. Right. And so I totally believe that. Yeah, yeah. Like, cause I it's remember. It's not to minimize a relationship. Right, yeah. right. And I think when you're in the process of going through a breakup, it's hard to view things that way yes. because there's a lot of feelings yes. attached. But right. being removed from that, I, I totally believe that I wouldn't have such a successful relationship now where I really know what love's, love feels like and what respecting each other feels like and what a healthy relationship feels like if I hadn't been in a toxic, unhealthy relationship yes. and, and learned from it. So really resonated with that. Um, and then you came out with your first book. Uh, I have both the books, by the way, if you're looking at this on YouTube. Wow, um, John a collector. Has I love this. two books. <laughs> so the, much ego. The first one is uh, The Angry Therapist, which is your uh, Instagram handle, too. Yes. And it's uh, The Angry Therapist, A No BS Guide to Finding and Living Your Own Truth. And by the I, way, that's duct tape on the cover. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like <laughs> it's, the, uh, it's real. It's raw. Uh, yeah. That's what I liked about your post where they were there was they were really vulnerable and they were just really real. And um, and so I bought it because I mostly just wanted to support. And then uh, when I read through it, it was exactly what I needed at that time, oh, which I think is the topic of this uh, week's episode is like living your truth sure. or your you're finding your authentic self and being able to like not be afraid to show it. Yeah, um, which is hard. Yeah, it's yes. really hard. Yes. Well, and hopefully we can do it in under an hour and then everyone will know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think one of the things, because I always felt like, oh, I'm, I'm living my authentic self, you yeah. know? Like, of course, like, I know who I am and, and you know, I, I don't need extra things to tell me who I am. Um, but then at one of your posts, you used to do my fucking feelings. I think yes. you still do them, yeah. but you did them on Instagram. Uh, okay. Um, yeah. And my fucking feelings was just like getting all your feelings out and venting mm-hmm. right without judgment. Right. And reading someone else's, someone else's inner workings and doing that, um, I, I was like, I don't judge you for feeling that way because I relate, but I don't know if I could post that. Mm. Like if. I realized that like what you were saying, if I posted it, I would think that it sounded like whining and I wouldn't want other people to think that I'm a whiner. And and then that's when I really started to examine the things I was posting. Was it for was it? Yes. Really my truth yes. or was it because here's what I'll show you that you won't judge me so harshly right. on. And I love what we're talking about because especially now with social media, I think there's a lot of people and I say this often. Um, who exchange their truth for membership. Oh, I like right? that. So um, I think whenever we are exchanging our truth for membership, whether it is a, a, a blog, Instagram post, or uh, friends, or whatever it is, you're turning invisible. You're graying yourself out, right? Your potency goes down. Um, when I was in my 20s, I was uh, I grew up in L.A., and I was chasing shiny things, and I was always exchanging who I was and my truth for to be a part of something bigger. Yeah. And so I was just like a floating leaf. I didn't have a spine. I didn't have, you know, and so it wasn't until my divorce and starting all over and starting a blog and doing all that where I started to not do that anymore. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of the beginning of this practice 
of um, what you're talking about being authentic, and it is a practice, right? It's yeah, not some, yeah. It's not a light switch. Like, no. I think it's hard some days. I think some days it's easier. It depends. Um, but I think social media is a great tool. Yeah. To practice that. Totally. With the right intention and see what happens and how you feel about yeah, that. Yeah, because you, know? you can open up and yes. and really be real yes. and and then the people that resonate with it and I've gotten so much more people that resonate with it that than that don't than yes. that are judgy right. and I guess it was just my own fear of like those were the things I didn't like about myself so why would I show them to the world yeah and I think if everyone likes you no one likes you yeah yeah you know? I totally agree with that yeah. and, and then, I'm very disliked <laughs> Yeah. Um, but but that, but, uh, but I, I at least get to always say what I what I what I like what I think about things. Yes. Yeah, you've you've been really bold in that way. I've I always admired that about you. Well, thank you. Remember when you made that video and you cried? No. <laughs> were, they, were those real tears or crocodile? Yeah, no, he really. I was oh. faking it, man. He his <laughs> relationship expired. Oh. And um, you were really vulnerable. Okay, before that, this just, is before he met you. Uh, yeah, this we is, knew uh, each other. We were friends. Right, right. But it was before we got together and. Um, if you like a little bit of his background, he's a troll, like an internet troll. He's <laughs> a prankster. Yeah, he's yeah. a comedian. Yeah. All, almost all of his videos are satire. Mm. He's so people tend to view him as like this an guy asshole. that yeah, an asshole. Right. So then when you cried, you just yeah. like sliced through all that and just like I'm human. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. But nice. I, I, I've always I did this thing on my channel called Tough Talk, um, and I just tried to always say what I thought about things, uh, whatever they were. And then, you know, half the time I'm doing satire too, but, but it, it just, this was a moment where I had, I was driving in to do the show and I had just gotten dumped and oh. I just launched like from the, the exactly as I was feeling. And then afterward I was like, I'm going to post it because that's what, that's exactly how I feel. And I feel like people deserve the truth and right. i only said that i oh i'm telling you my tough talk my truth here right. so i'm gonna what be like hey we can't put this up because i look like a pussy in it or whatever right right so so yeah we put it up what was the feedback from that those tears that i'm a pussy oh i'm a real real big bitch <laughs> no so many people related to that a big blubbering bitch well you attracted one here you yeah know? No, right yeah so so a lot of people were like i, I still get messages about that to, to this day where they're like hey this really helped me because i'm going through this thing and it's nice to know that you came out the other end because I came out the other end quick. Yeah, I was yeah. with this chick like in a week. Yeah, of, of that happening. <laughs> yeah. I'm not even. It getting... was two weeks. Yeah, okay. right. It was like nine days or some shit. It was like wow. it was crazy. But yeah. that video, I like, I definitely watched it and cried. And then I reached out to you and I was like, that was so bold and honest of you to post because I never would have expected that from him. Right. Yeah. Um, just knowing him as like a friend, it humanizes you. Yeah. 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 It's, I mean, that's going, goes back to uh, vulnerability, showing yourself, all of that stuff, transparency. Yeah, which is your your newest book, I Used to Be a Miserable Fuck, Yes, is, uh, and don't let the title throw you, because it's it's more aimed, it's towards men, but mm -hmm. I think women can relate too, um, or at least you can learn to help other men also. Yeah. Um, but I actually, you know, so I didn't want to call it that, the title. Oh, yeah. So my, it for you? Yeah, they picked it. And because then, of the success of the Mark books. The, well, I didn't want cool. to jump on the fuck train. And I, I was like, no, I don't want to call this. I've been calling this, this for, yeah. for a, no, for a you're couple weeks. Right. And I was yep. like, no, I don't want to call it that. I don't want to jump. And then, and then I, I sat with it for a while and I was like, where's that resistance coming from? And mm -hmm. I realized I didn't want to call it that because I was embarrassed um, to announce that I was once miserable, especially oh. as a therapist and all that. And I was like, ah, oh, I don't want to tell people that I used to be miserable. And then I thought, okay, well then I have to call it that. 
Nice. So then I embraced it. Yeah. So yeah. Was resist- yeah. And then I was like, you know what? It is what it is. And it, um, and not it is all my books is. are going to have the F word in it, obviously. But, <laughs> yeah. but I was like, all right, this one, that would be it. <laughs> but he, like, originally, like, even with this one, like, a no BS guy, like, I, this was even before uh, the. Man, the, that's uh, old school. The fuck, the fuck train. The fuck yeah, train. Was, oh, yeah, that was... Um, yeah. Chewing, though. I mean, that's like uh, me in my underwear in my kitchen typing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's like, oh, that's old school. Wow, we feel intimate there then. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> Hence the duct tape and all that. Yeah. yeah, but this... So your newest book, though, it has to do with vulnerability and men and, yes. and like, you know, d- redefining what being a man yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which I really like because it, it's not just the, you know, there's a, a big trend right now of like, oh, my God, shut down toxic masculinity yeah, and stuff. Yeah. And it's not just a, that, you know, it's not preaching to shut all masculinity down. No, it's no. just embracing uh, what it means to be a man. Yes, I think the soil is very rich right now, especially off the, the heels of Me Too and everything that's happening where um, we can redefine ourselves, well, yeah. both men and women. And this is not me saying like this is what a man looks like. It's mm-hmm. it's just saying you decide what it looks like for you. Yeah, you know? like it doesn't have to be what you've always been told it is. Yes, and I think a lot of us um, uh, are tracing blueprints from you know parents, culture, um, locker rooms. Yeah, right. All of that should. I mean, we we're just talking about you crying and yeah. you know all that. Uh, it's, you gotta bring it up again, damn dude. Yeah, <laughs> when, and also just what remembering that means. you being a pussy. Yeah, and, exactly. Like, oh, that's <laughs> right. really relatable. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's a it's an inter- interesting time for um, men to just kind of come into their own, you know. And so that's that came from me working in nonprofit for five years and, and helping teenage addicts. Mm. And the common thread between all of them, and I think within five years I probably hit like a thousand lives and their families. Um, no dad, so dad was mm. either uh, missing or was absent emotionally or uh, physically. Mm. And I saw the byproduct of that. And I was like, you know what? It's time to have a conversation about men. Like, yeah. We actually haven't had any conversations about men in a long time. Yeah, because there's a lot of books for women. Yes. I feel like, uh, you know, maybe it's a biological thing. Like, n- women are more, uh, I think as a whole, they're a little bit more connected to emotions and feelings. Yep. And um, and a lot of, so I feel like uh, there, are more, there are more books because there are more women willing to like yeah. share all that men, like generally men also don't read that much as much as women do mm. yeah. yeah well we feel like we, we should be able to handle it on our own yes i think that's really right. the thing it's so the lone taught, wolf yeah. mentality right yeah. like we like yeah i'm a man yeah like i don't need help i got this right or i could fix this yeah yeah i'll wing it like i always do yeah fix right. it fix yeah. it mentality. yeah and then yeah. you end up yeah. you know creating you end up t- like tom hanks with the volleyball on the island by yourself <laughs> right for sure um yeah so Let's talk a little bit about the authenticity because um, I feel like this relates to everybody. Um, you talk about like your pseudo self versus your solid, solid self. self. Yeah, I have a tattoo on each arm, one pseudo, one solid, um, because I think it's that inner conflict that will always be there. And I know that I used to pull from my pseudo self and pseudo self is kind of the false version of you. Mm-hmm. It's the salt. It's a side of you that's um, like we're talking about that actually exchanges truth for membership. Yes. It's the one that's uh, impacted by advertising commercials like all that stuff right high school and if we're not aware of pulling from our solid which is usually a faint whisper we kind of default to our pseudo self Mm. and when we do that we're at a lower frequency we're not as as um authentic we are a watered down version of ourselves that's so true yeah um 
I, and, I, and I think when that happens, you don't attract where you're supposed to attract. Yeah. Okay. So this is where I feel that that, the, that happened to me the most is, uh, so I have, I've had this YouTube channel for a long time. Yes. YouTube.com slash Nikki Lima, if you want to check it out. Oh, wow. But it started as a, it started <laughs> that was as, it? as a pseudo self. That was solid. That was no, That thing. actually is, I feel like a <laughs> pseudo self representation because, uh, so that started out as a comedy channel, as a sketch comedy and stuff. But um, as sketch comedy started to die on YouTube, personality content started rising. Like that was, you had to make to the camera personality vlog style content in order to basically survive on YouTube. So I started shifting that on my comedy channel, but I felt weird about it because I'm like, no, everything should be comedy. I can't like open up on mm -hmm. here. It's a comedy right, channel, right? right? And so I made a second channel, which was my vlog channel, which I just vlogged my daily life. And I opened up about like, I was auditioning as an actor yeah. all the time and how I felt bad about myself because like, I don't feel like I'm, I'm not, I'm not booking a lot. Yeah. And, yeah. and I felt very mediocre yeah. and, um, you know, it wasn't like a glamorous life. It was like a lot of driving in my car to Santa Monica and back to the valley. <laughs> and uh, and then like a little, it was when our relationship first started. So it was like the beginnings of that and dating and uh, celebrating our six month anniversary and um, just like little things that, just like everyday things. That and were real. That were real. Yeah. Right. That like was just like my true, authentic, solid self. Like, it was like the documentary and then the other one was kind of like the highlight reel. Yes. Yeah. yes. It was like the polished. Right. It was like, uh, you know, Steven Spielberg made the movie about my life. And yes. It, yeah. It was all edited yeah. and properly it's all like, with music. Right. And, and it's all like kind of one angle. Like like when she's on when she's doing comedy channel mode, right. like it's like one angle. It's like trying to get laughs, right? Yeah. But yes. with, with sarcasm, satire, yeah. yeah. Like real Nikki is like multi layered. Exactly. Yeah, All different and angles. and yeah. I wasn't scared to show that on the other channel because I guess I felt like not that many people were watching mm -hmm. that channel. You know, it was a new channel. Right. I wasn't promoting it heavily, so I just felt like it was my own little cave, and I could open up, and it didn't have a lot of consequences or judgment to yeah. it. Uh, that channel started taking off way more than my comedy channel, and I thought, well, if I combine them, then right. um, then then it will just you know explode. Right. But what I found was after I merged them, I started making the vlogs less authentic, and they uh, were more. I still wanted to appeal to that comedy right. audience. I was still trading truth for membership yep. in that comedy world because I didn't want to be discredited as a comedian or as an actor by showing like my you know, real side or my my true side. That's since been changed. Uh, that was years and years ago. That was in like 2015. But wow. I realized I was doing that a lot and it was really hard to not do that. Yeah, so that what a great example of this pseudo versus solid. And right now we're talking about YouTube channels, but you could yeah. actually apply it to anything. You could apply it to relationships. You could apply it to yeah. you know, friendships, anything. Yeah, like if you're being a certain way around certain friends and then you're a different way around others. Yes. I've seen a lot of that. Yeah. Like yeah. people playing to certain people because they're intimidated by them right. or they want their approval really badly. But then when they're at home with their family, they're they're just themselves and they feel comfortable. Yes, yes. Yeah. yeah. Or yeah. the opposite. And especially like for me, uh, I didn't have a solid group of friends growing up. Like I always felt like kind of an outcast in the friend group. So like they would go hang out without me. Mm -hmm. And I, I just learned to like, maybe just not have friends uh, and keep to myself. Right. And so whenever I do find a friend group that I click with, I do get really insecure that they're not gonna wanna be my friend for very much longer. Um, so I feel like I, I subconsciously, not consciously, but subconsciously will only try to show them the parts I think they like yeah. about me yeah. instead of like the whole thing. 
Where I get my leverage is I don't even make it about me, meaning I think that we as humans and people who have gifts um, that we're supposed to share with the world, like you guys, if you're not in your solid self, you're doing a disservice to the world because your your gifts aren't shining. That's, right? Yeah, it's like you're showing a fake gift. Which like is, a, it just, it's lukewarm. Yeah. Right? And I think the people who have, um, it doesn't matter if you're a, a comedian, actor, or whatever, uh, any kind of artist. Um, I, I think about people like Bruce Lee, Bukowski, Quentin Tarantino, people who have really strong voices. Like, imagine if they just pulled from what they thought they should be. Yeah. They would be, like, so mm-hmm. invisible, you know? But they're so distinct. And you know what? It doesn't matter if people hate you or love you. Your imprint is so deep because you are extremely in your solid self. What about yeah. people who, who feel like they don't know who they are, like, at all, even in their yeah, quote, so solid I, self? And that's fair. I think it's a journey. I think it's discovering you know, and I don't think it's a constant. So it's yeah. not like I'm not here saying that because I went through my rebirth, I'm solid 100% of the time yeah. because that's not true. I'm human. Um, I just try. I'm just aware of it and I try to be more solid than pseudo. And, you know, when you go to sleep at night, you actually this is how you build a sense of worth. Hmm. Because if you're always pseudo and you're always um, exchanging, you know, who you really are to be a part of something or for someone else, you're puncturing your self-esteem balloon. Yeah. You're not able to build a sense of worth. Yeah. Um, Because you don't know what actually is, what what value you do have because you're not ever letting that part shine anyway. Right. And so to build self-esteem, to build value, you actually have to find your voice and then like stand on the box and, you know, draw lines and whatever that looks like. Mm -hmm. And where you're like, this is who I am. And some people aren't going to like me and some people are. Mm Mm-hmm. That's been so hard, especially yeah. with social media. Oh, and yeah, uh, yeah. I feel like the the more exposure you have, the, the more m- successful. Yeah, right. The harder it is. Definitely, There's because more people you, telling you you suck. Right, yes. right. Yeah. Yes. And um, one thing I really liked in, in your first book, um, you talk about uh, non negotiables. Yes. I think that really helped me a lot because yeah. um, it's the framework. Yeah. It is. You want to explain a little bit about that? Yeah. So um, in coaching uh, people. Mostly women in relationships who have had bad experiences or, or have been in toxic relationships, I've learned that uh, with love we start to negotiate very fast. Mm. And then the, I don't by, know what you're talking about. And then by the time <laughs> they come to see me, um, they've negotiated so much. And so I was like, you know, part of building your life space is actually to have some non-negotiables. And there's a difference between non-negotiables and preferences. So if you're like, I will only date someone who. You know, is six foot four with blonde hair and named Steve. Only right. has you know pineapples on his shirt. Yeah, they are pineapples. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I bought that shirt. That's not a non-negotiable. It's a preference, mm. and also being narrow. <laughs> you know, I so. prefer you. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. I'll take others though. You know. Yeah, like, I know. <laughs> so, um, so non-negotiable would be like I will not be in an abusive relationship, no matter how like hot he is or how amazing the chemistry is or whatever. Or I will not. I, I will uh, communicate how I feel in my relationship that could be non-negotiable. Yeah, and I think recognizing those those things because I feel like especially in love and relationships, um, you can say, I will not get into an abusive relationship. And then once you fall in love or you think you're in love. That's what I mean. You're not negotiating. Yeah, they go go out the window. Yeah, (laughs) you're like, well, that's not really abuse that he breaks his promises all the time yes. or tells me that I need to lose weight or, you how, know. Yeah, and how you build your self-esteem or sense of worth is to not break promises you made to yourself. Yeah. So once you start breaking those promises, you're puncturing your self-esteem. Yeah. You know? That's so true. And yeah. and then 
uh, for me also uh, not just in relationships but in career i guess you know being on the social media sure. platform yeah um i i did feel like i was bending towards what commenters would say so right. if commenters didn't like a certain way i said things or uh, a certain way uh, clo some clothes that i was wearing they didn't think looked good on me i would stop wearing those clothes i would stop right. saying those things i would really try to adjust who I was to stop getting those negative comments. How did you feel about yourself as you were molding to them? I had crazy anxiety. Yeah, My anxiety yeah. went through the roof. I no longer felt joy when I was about to film. I right. felt just like crazy anxiety, like I better do everything right or they're gonna hate me. This is happening now more than ever. Yes. Yeah. Um, for you guys on a macro, because you're yeah. following, but also like, you know, the people that, you know, have 800 followers and on a micro level, there's still people and they still have the same experience, mm -hmm. you know? And I still catch myself doing it from time to time. It's not like, like I, I'm not perfect in that regard either. Yeah. I'm more aware of it now. Like when I'm doing it, I can catch it and I can stop that right. habit. Right. But, um, but I do feel like at least knowing, like it is putting yourself in check. Like, is this coming from a pseudo self or a solid yeah. self uh, is the first step to correcting that type of behavior and allowing those types of things to yeah. happen. And, I always and like to you. say to people, I, I don't think that people are qualified to tell me whatever yeah, they I feel like about me because I don't know them. I don't know their credentials. I don't know who they are. Like, um, it's like it's like I'm, a, I'm also a screenwriter, right? So um, if I write something and then my dad tells me that he that he doesn't like it, I don't think that he's ever written a screenplay before. Right. So it's like, and that's maybe not the best example because people can like or not like stories. But like when, when he, if he's giving me a structure note on it, I'm like, this isn't going to be beneficial to me sure. in any way. So when I feel like people watch you on a YouTube video or, or, you know, at your school or they don't like you or they tell you something about yourself, they're not qualified to tell you that because you don't know, they don't have any credentials. Yeah. That's very true. It. I think because when you're reading comments, you're reading them in your own voice. It, like, at least for me, this is my theory, is that I'm reading it in my voice. So it's, I'm valuing that person's opinion on the same level as myself or someone I know because it's coming from my voice in my head. I see. And, and those things can really like weigh on you because mm -hmm. then you start to develop a belief, of, a false belief about yourself. Yes. And yes. then and then when you start buying into those beliefs is where I think the self-worth and self-esteem. Yeah, you start crumbling. Yes. Yeah. And and I noticed that, uh, that that was what was happening to me. I just felt like I couldn't do anything right. I felt oh. like I didn't know how to say the right things anymore. I felt like, why well, wasn't funny anymore? And and then it was just not fun. I love that you're talking about this. Yeah. Because like as you're talking about this, you're actually being solid and showing yourself. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Thank which is, you. Which is probably why so many people follow your follow your stuff. I really feel like this yeah. podcast has helped that a lot mm -hmm. because there really wasn't a format before because YouTube is very short form. Yeah. Um, and so it didn't feel like I could just talk and, and just have a conversation like, have a conversation yeah, yeah. right without having to quote unquote perform yes, yes. exactly yeah. whereas here it's, it's unedited this there's is... something uh, intimate about a podcast there's something intimate about someone just talking in your ear yeah, yeah you feel like you're part of the conversation yes. Yes. well and a lot of people who who didn't like me before because i always troll and everything uh <laughs> they listen to this show and then they're like oh he's like an actual three-dimensional person right yeah so, right. so they can kind of get a feel for how i actually am yeah and not just my troll side yeah, yeah.
True. But my troll side's my fun side, man. Sure. Like, like There's I nothing am, wrong with your troll side. But right. I am that person. You know what I'm saying? But it's right. still part of you. It's, yeah. part of it's you. not like right. that's a and, fake part of you. And it wasn't until recently that um, we took some tests or something, and I realized I'm an ENTJ debater or some shit. Yeah. I can't wait to try to poke holes in things because I genuinely love that. Mm -hmm. Like, it's fun for me to do. And it's like a little bit mischievous to cause chaos. It is. <laughs> and I, I just fucking love it. And, and that's all. That's really all it is. It's not even me being inauthentic or I'm covering up something with jokes or anything. I really am having fun doing it. Right. Well, you're. I think I've heard you talk about this before is like it's kind of a, a reunion with your connection with self. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, a connection yeah. to the things that you, what you used to have fun with as like a kid. Yeah. You probably mm -hmm. used to have fun Absolutely. doing, doing All things like that. Yeah. And so this is like the adult version of you rekindling that. Yeah. And it doesn't mean to be a kid. Yeah. It doesn't mean to be immature. Uh, but I think sometimes growth is about a reunion more than anything else. Um, yeah. I've connected to the spirit of like the 12 year old break dancer yeah. through CrossFit or John used to break dance. Uh, yeah. Not anymore. But, um, <laughs> or like, uh, you know, the, the, the 14 year old that would ride my little Honda scooter with the flip flops and you know, all it's, but now it comes in the form of a Harley or whatever. Right. So like that connection with that spirit of you. Yeah. Um, I think that's huge. And so maybe for you, you quote unquote trolling, is you just connecting to that part of yourself that you like. I think so, you know, but then like, also at the same time, I find it hard to, um, I find it annoying for me to share true feelings sometimes yeah. to Nikki, say, yeah, because I don't want to bother her with them. Mm. Right. You know like what I'm you saying? think it burdens me? Yeah, like, yes. I, like I already, I see that she already has a tough enough time as it is, she has anxiety and stuff, so I don't want to tell her a thing that's bothering me because I want to not burden her with it, and yes. I'll just deal with it. But yes. really, whenever he does share That's those, common, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I think we've, you've grown a lot in that department because whenever he does share things, I feel like it only strengthens our connection. Yes. And then it also yes. gives me the opportunity to help you because I feel like you help me a lot on an emotional level, but I don't ever get to like you know help you. Right. So yeah. you know what happens a lot in relationships is this exact thing, um, but it's usually flipped generally where the woman doesn't want to burden the man because oh, I burden him all the time. Oh, I'm right burdened. I'm I just give him Which all is great burden. <laughs> because what happens is if you do that and you don't want to share what you're going through because you don't want to uh, burden someone, now you're doing life around someone instead of with. Mm. And that creates drift. So, yes, you don't like vomit every day about your... Because that could be negative. Yeah. But um, telling your partner your struggles, your insecurities, what you're going through, what your day's like produces glue like that's how you do life with someone or else we have two people doing life kind of around and you're just sharing like the good stuff mm -hmm. and then that's not real yeah right totally so it becomes a highlight reel instead of the documentary exactly you're doing it to your partner yes. instead of like yes. to the public and... yeah yeah i think it, it's rooted in me thinking that i'm less of a man if i have Ooh, her help interesting me. you right. should really read right. this book I will. Yeah because i think i think some of the things in here you have already said yourself like you um like i think you're He's very emotionally intelligent, yeah. And I feel like uh, then some of the stuff in there could help you because you would already understand it. I'm I'm definitely gonna yeah. read the book. You just said something really important is like because there's always something running underneath. Yeah, right. It's never what it's about. It's like the whole I want you to want to do the dishes, not to yeah. Me. So you just said something really important. If you do open up and tell her about your day or whatever, you're not only burdening her. That's on the surface, but underneath, that's not what a man looks like. Right, and you may right. not be aware of that, but that's where we pull from ninety percent. It's what's happening underneath. It's our subconscious, and so if your definition of man is like, no, I'm not going to tell my you know wife these things. It's I, it's my shit. That's not what a man has to look like. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so when you redefine what your definition of a man is, 
then suddenly it, that's going to ripple in behavior. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. And suddenly he's vomiting all over you and, and <laughs> it's crying. like too much. Hey, I can't deal with it right now. Yeah. yeah. I love this talk. All right, we're going to take a quick break and then we will come right back to this cuz I don't want it to stop. Hey, thanks for listening to our podcast. We just want to take a break to tell you to like thanks for listening to our podcast and if you want to rate it, that would be really awesome for us. Like, Listen, we're on break. We're not talking to you like podcast hosts right now. We're just talking to you like people. As a friend. And we just want to say please rate the show because it helps out huge amounts. Like we're not desperate. We're like kind of desperate. We're giving shout outs right now to all the people who are giving it ratings. So huge shout out right now to Brian Jorgensen. That was sick of you, dude. Thank you. God bless. Uh, huge shout out right now to Mark. Mark W. in Springfield, Connecticut. Back to our podcast. Jenny Blight. Hey, back to our podcast. In Tuscany, and Florida. back to our podcast. God bless you. Thank you. Steven. Huge. Thank you for supporting the show. <laughs> and we're back. So yes. I wanted to talk to you a little bit more about uh, your yourself and your journey. Yeah. Um, so when did you first realize that you weren't exactly living your your solid self and you were living more of a pseudo self? Um, so I, in my past life, I was also a screenwriter. And I, I did okay. Like I sold a movie to HBO. I got hired to write a TV pilot. And then that was like, you know, I got representation. But it wasn't enough to like to to have a career, um, and then I was also married, going through a lot of relationship problems, and then I got a divorce, and that kind of I was talking to my own therapist, and he was like, "What do you want to do if you can't make movies?" And I said, "I want to do what you're doing. Like I want to if I can't move people like by the masses, I want to do it one at a time. I've always loved psychology, um, and then at 35, I back to school, got my master's." Uh, he didn't tell me that it took 3,000 hours. Oh, my God. Which took me fucking six years. <laughs> and then, like, this big exam. Um, so that was crazy. And then when I finished, I was like, I'm lonely. I'm burnt out. I, like, the passion that I had to help people was gone. Right. And then in the therapy world, there's a lot of things you can't do. Like, it's very strict. Mm. It's like you're not supposed to do online sessions unless it's in the state of California. You're supposed to present yourself a certain way. And it was everything that was very pseudo. Yeah. Right? And so the internet was just kind of exploding. Webcams were coming out. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to play around with things that are honest to me. So I started to um, do sessions in coffee shops where you're not supposed to. <laughs> I started to walk with people around lakes. I brought them into the CrossFit box. What happens? Um, Can you lose your license? Or is that like, was that a risk? Yeah, and there, I mean, there's reasons why, and I get it, but mm -hmm. um, this idea of being like a hybrid of a coach, yeah. that was all, that wasn't, it was only like Tony Robbins, that was it. Okay. Right? <laughs> so now, people, I think, care more about who you are than the letters after your name. But when I was 10 years ago, when I started on Tumblr, I like went rogue, and people were like, oh my God, what are you doing? You're a therapist. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and this is where I had the conversation where like, what is honest to me, and how do I want to create my practice? I was like, fuck it. I'm going to call myself a life coach because mm -hmm. that's the way you do it because there's no board. And then you could create something that's honest to you. And um, then I created a whole uh, certification online training thing called Journey. And we're now, we've graduated like 500 people, but it's um, helping people help other people in a way that's honest to them. That's awesome. Yeah. So that's, that's, so you kind of like create life coaches, train. Train. Yeah, I don't yeah. create. But yeah, <laughs> you train them to find their yeah, life yeah. coaching abilities. Um, so that, uh, and then through that, I found my purpose and passion, and of course, um, documenting and and you know Instagram and all that, and my little typewriter thingies, and and now yeah. I'm texting people, so it's evolving. Wait, you're texting people? Oh, as yeah. like a as like part of the session? Like no, 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 no. Oh. I'm uh, there's a there's so my platform. I um I played around with 
I, 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 one day I said to myself, I wonder if people would trust me with their phone number. Mm. And so I threw it out with this like keyword to text me. And I got like 10,000 numbers. Wow. And I was like, oh my God, what do I do with this? <laughs> so then I started taking those typewriter thingies and just doing it once a day. What's a typewriter thingy for those who don't know at home? It's like a, uh, in a shot glass, a couple sentences. Okay. Like, like, like. Oh, okay. So it's like a picture. No, no, no. It's words. So it's like. Yeah. Um, oh. It's a, uh, like. L- Oh. Love is not a battlefield. Your head is. I don't know. Something I see. Like that. Okay, right? gotcha. Right. Gotcha. The, the never exchange your truth for membership. You know. Okay. Pull from your those little like reminders. It's like saying. Little sayings. Yeah, little sayings. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like cool. yeah, yeah, little. And um, so, I didn't realize how expensive texting because when you're texting thousands of people, it, oh, it, it's actually really expensive. I wouldn't even Holy think shit. of that. Yeah. Um, wow. Because it's on a different platform. Yeah. So now it's just like uh, so I made it like five bucks a month and then um, now I get up every morning and I send a text. And they get it directly in their phone. That's so. so cool. It's just a different way of, um, and this is like the, the the me connecting to that like kid that loved Legos. Yeah, it's a different way of playing with my Legos. Like, how can I help people using technology, and just in different ways? So now that's my new little obsession. That's right. really cool. Yeah. Um, can you talk a little bit about? Because uh, you came from, you were born in Korea. Yeah. Yeah, you were born, born in, Korea. in Korea. Came here when I was three. So you're, uh, are you considered immigrant or first generation? Immigrant, I think. Yeah, right? yeah. immigrant. Okay, First generation born, born in here. Korea. Yeah, yeah okay. Because yeah, yeah. um, a little, a lot of what you talked about of growing up um, and how that affected you with like being in an immigrant family, but growing up in America, yeah. uh, I think really contributes to people ha- struggling to find their identity. identity yeah. 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 Can you talk a little bit about about that? Yeah. Uh, so I grew up in the '80s, and in the '80s, um, Asian people weren't cool. <laughs> That's so. Yeah. yeah. And so I grew they up. They talked about on JK too. Before Lou Diamond Phillips. Before, yeah. Wow. Is he Asian? He is. Uh, he's, yeah, he's, he's Filipino. Be. You know, uh, yeah. my uh, mom. But he plays the. He the coolest plays... guy ever and everything. Yeah. That's yeah. true. Uh, my mom was really attracted to Bruce Lee, though. Oh. Like, she was. Bruce Lee got, yeah. 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 He was pretty cool. I, I, I think he's a stud. Yeah. He's a stud. Um, yeah, I guess Lou Diamond Phillips. But, well, didn't he play Hispanic roles? I think he did. Yeah, yeah. He wasn't but really. But he's Asian. Filipino, right? Yep, he that's where they put us. That's where they put us. That's true. It's true. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. I always get um, uh, like Hispanic auditions yeah. for Latina. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but in the 80s, it was like Long Duck Dong and like, yeah. you know, it, it, it just Asian people weren't portrayed in media at all when they were nerds. Um, so I kind of fell into like the skater BMX um, and they were all like surfers and, and, and white. I was kind of a Twinkie, you know, <laughs> um, grew up that way. And yeah I just adjusted to culture and that that was that was you know I fell in, fell in love with activities mm-hmm. because I wasn't like smart in school okay so I was the kid that going I was, against the stereotype yes I wasn't I, I wish <laughs> I was um I was staring out the window wondering you know like if we could fly or what sex felt like and all yeah. these other things and so um I got obsessed with pop culture so I, I my, my parents are always working so I was raised by pop culture like skating bikes um cars you mm-hmm. know these type of things and then with that came community did you ever felt like people expected you to act a certain way or did you felt you were feel conflicted uh like because your family would have cultural things yeah. and then uh you would go to school and yeah i always wanted to try to fit in yeah and i remember my parents um i think what they thought american um uh, being american was was just like to buy me things so people wouldn't pick on me oh. so like the designer jeans Wow. So and also they didn't know anything about nutrition, so my house was just like a liquor store. Wow. So you know Twinkies, Ding Dong, cereal. <laughs> um, so I was a kid on the block where my parents were gone. 
We also had cable, so mm-hmm. you, you could watch that. Oh, dang, your place shit. is the place to be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. like little Disneyland there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and then they raided the pantries, and, and so I kind of got in that way. I see. Yeah. Were they hard on you at all, your folks? No, they were they were great. I mean, they wanted me to study. You know, the, the stereotypical Asian, like, we want you to go to yeah. school and do well. Um, but they weren't as hard on me. They were just uh, trying to make a living, and, and so they were working all the time. That's great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you, t- you talked a little bit about K-Rage. K-Rage, yeah. yes, it's a thing. Um, Koreans being angry. Yeah, I think it's all Asians. Is it all Asians? I, yeah. I think it really comes, I think it's generational. I yeah, think, I, I think, think um, I don't think it's, I, I don't think, it, I think it's true that, you know, in Asian culture, um, this idea of self-betterment, expressing yourself, that's all like new, yeah. you know? Um, my, like my dad grew up making his own shoes and, you know, stealing rice and having plates thrown at his, like they come from like war <laughs> And and I remember even when I was like three in Korea, the restrooms were outside. Yeah, it was just like poverty. Wow. So they have a lot to be angry about. <laughs> like right. they don't, they're not expressing themselves. Yeah, you know? it's like they, it was kind of a survival mode. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, why would you? You can't have be vulnerable and let yourself open to emotions if you're yeah. trying to like survive. Yeah, and I think so. For me, I mean, my generation, we grew up with parents who were culturally like just didn't have. Um, that speed bump where you are responding instead of reacting. Yeah. And so there's a lot of, you know, emotion, anger, uh, all of that stuff. Just, yeah. you know, just vibrant. Because my dad, so this is why I was like, it's all Asians. It's probably not all Asians. If you're Asian out there and you're like, I came from a great, loving household. Right, right. Uh, like, it's not, it's not everyone. Okay. No, but, but also, we're just but, but making... Hispanic, Italian, yeah. like yeah, this hot yeah. tempered thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, dude, machismo. I, I, my, Dad's in the military. I've fucking experienced a lot of that. Yeah, she's talking about. Yeah, the the military also as well. Exactly. Where anytime where you had to like stifle your emotions yes. for the yes. better of the everyone else. Because we're pressure cookers. Yes. And that that is gonna come out somewhere. Exactly. Right. So then uh, people are throwing chairs. So uh my my dad's dad, they they immigrated from the Philippines, um, and he was he immigrated through the US Navy. Mm. So it was military mm. and from the Philippines and they very similar or they're like in the rice paddies and they were just they basically came here to America and figured if they could make their kids American that they'd have a better life and so then my my dad because of being raised by my grandpa um, he was taught to suppress his emotions and I didn't know until way later I hope my dad's not listening but he is a crybaby and Mm. I thought that he um it was like tough. Uh, yeah, because yeah. I he wouldn't let me cry ever as a kid uh, unless I was hurt. He said I can only cry if I'm if I get physically right, hurt. Right. And so whenever I had emotions, he would just yell at me to try to get me to stop crying, which made me cry more. And then he would yell at me to stop yeah, crying, and it was yeah. just like this cycle. And I just thought he was the meanest guy. Like I thought he was just so angry and mean. And I thought I wasn't allowed to show emotion, which really was not good as an actor to have right. like a su- like Suppress. suppressed emotions um but well, I was, as a human being yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah um but i realized how suppressed they had gotten when i tried to um go professional mm-hmm. with acting and mm-hmm. i was like having a hard time even though all my life i've been emotional and, right. and a crying person um but then i found out later that it was because my dad was actually really sensitive and um, and he was the emotional one that would get either beat up by his siblings for yeah. being emotional or like yelled at by his dad or you know uh all kinds of stuff just to, to try to take away emotion so he was just passing along like what yeah, he knew right that's all he knew yeah um, what's really cool is that our generation um we could actually break that pattern yes yeah. yeah and i think he's 
he's come around to it a lot yeah. more now. Yeah. Like, because um, a couple <laughs> couple years ago, it, it was like 2012, not a couple years ago, it was almost a decade ago, but we were uh, going on a trip to New York and it was just me and him. And I was really worried because we didn't, we had kind of like that high tension mm -hmm. um, relationship because both of us are control freaks and both of us are kind of emotional and uh, he gets angry and I just get cry. Right. Um, and so I was a little worried about it. And, but I found this grounding since I had not lived with him for a while mm. um, that when we came home from the airport, he started getting really uh, angry at me for not knowing the directions to get back to my house because I was trying to pull it up on my phone on the GPS, but the GPS wasn't loading mm -hmm. fast enough. He was like, do I turn here? Do I go? Where do I go? Oh, fuck, you're supposed to know this town. He was right, getting right. really mad. And I just had this like grounding moment where I was like, wow, I've actually... I've gone to therapy for this and yeah. he hasn't yet. And yeah. I, I told him, um, maybe you should go to therapy. Right. <laughs> like after we found the directions and he was on the freeway, I was like, he's, he tried to make a joke. He was like, why do you have to make me mad? You know? And I was like, well, when you say grounding, you mean it didn't rock you? Yeah, it didn't right? rock me. Right. Like right. it used to, yes. it used to, when he yelled, I would cry. Yeah. Like he yeah. would yell, I would shrivel. Right. Um, but in that moment, I felt like I had control. Um, yeah, yeah. And that I could see beyond the emotional aspect and not just react to it. And I could just see that my dad was lost and he yeah. was he gets scared when he's lost or doesn't know the right direction to go. And so it comes out as anger and I'm the closest person to yell at. Yeah. So it, it back when I was a kid, it was just like, oh no, I messed up, I, I'm a bad person. He's yelling at me, I did something wrong. But as an adult, I was like, oh, he's just, he has emotions because of his own shit. Yeah, like so in that moment, two things happen. One, the gift of you realizing that you've actually grown, yeah. evolved. And then the other thing is empathy for your dad. Yeah. Not seeing your dad as, no, uh, as a, a monster, monster, but like a shadow cast by his own hand. Yeah. Like, oh, he's got a story. Oh, he has, doesn't have tools. Oh, he's... And so that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I think that was the first time I didn't react emotionally to that. And it calmed him down like so right it uh, changes the dynamic yeah it changed yeah, the dynamic yeah. because it was no longer like a two people battling yes, each other but yes. like i i just you know put you, a, you a dropped wall. the tug of war rope yeah and then he <laughs> yeah. was able to lighten up and he was like hey why you gotta make me mad and yeah. then i was like hey you should consider therapy <laughs> and can we, can we just that. say because that's really important you can ch you can't change people and yeah. you, you shouldn't it's you're wasting, you're wasting your time but you can change the dynamic of a relationship and that's a great example yeah you know parent and child where because of your growth or your uh, not engaging or your awareness, you actually did change him because the dynamic changed. Yeah, and our yeah. dynamic has changed like that, like for the better yeah. since that day. I'll yeah. never forget that trip because wow, of that. Yeah, I, if you just, cried and you kind of defaulted to the old you, that mm -hmm. gen dynamic would have been the same. Yes, he would have gotten angry. He's like, "Why are you?" He he would say, "Why are you cry crying?" Because he of his discomfort of you crying. Yes, right. Yes. So he's like hijacking that, mm -hmm. and yeah. that I shouldn't be crying yes. because, like, yeah. you know, on a deeper hurt. level, he probably judges him as a dad if you are crying. Right, that's true. That's I never even thought about that. Yeah. And and on the trip itself, the whole trip. Um, he kept uh, bringing up things that I hadn't done since I was a teenager, mm -hmm. but he, because that was the last time he lived with me, he still pictured that girl. So we were supposed to get up early to go to the 9-11 uh, memorial. Yeah. And uh, that, at that time you had to go on this scheduled tour and it was like, uh, it started at 9 a.m. And we had been out till 3 a.m. the previous night at a comedy club. And 
I was going to wake up right like a half an hour before 9 a.m. So that would give us enough time to get there. And at 8, which was an hour before, he's just hovering over me. Mm. And he was like, are you going to get up for this or not? And I was like, whoa, that was a really angry way to wake someone up. And he's like, well, I know that you take two hours to get ready. I know you have to put on all your makeup. You got to do your hair. You got to do and I was like, wow, I haven't done that since I was 15. Mm. I, I was like, I go out without makeup on all the time. And he, I, I don't think he even registered that, that that, that was a changed. possibility yeah, right. that, that I would go now. out without makeup. You have lived at home. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, after that, uh, the dynamic completely changed. And then um, as an adult, I find that I'm just like him. <laughs> I'm yeah, like, of course. I right. react to the same kind of things that he mm-hmm. used to react to. And I'm like, oh my God, like now I get it. Well, yeah. I get it too because I, growing up, I got yelled at a ton. Mm. So I, I gotta say, every time that you are crying or like yeah. really raging pretty hard, my first <laughs> instinct is always to yell. Always, yeah. Like yeah. Fir- the yeah. first thing that comes to my brain is like, I need to yell. That's your knee jerk. Then she'll hear me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. But I don't do it. I, I never yell at her. Yeah. Because because Good. I know that I that I'm like that's my it's first reaction. That's yeah. like my reflex. Right. But then I'm like, no, 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 no. That's not how we do things. Yeah. Well, one of, one of the biggest things in that book is um, do respond don't react mm. and i think it's one of the greatest things that um separates boy from man yeah yeah so i used to be very reactive and i i was a total boy i was a child um so i would do the opposite of you like steamroll raise my voice whatever it is right and i think men think about what their um actions well adults men or women uh, think about how their actions their energy um, how it's going to affect the other person and then choose how they want to respond. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's I, that's huge. That would change. That one thing would change the world. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no joke yeah. because people are so reactive and, and that reaction comes from somewhere. Um, no child enters adulthood unscarred, mm-hmm. right? We've all been through trauma and all this kind of stuff. So a lot of our reacting is residue from the past, mm-hmm. you know? And, and communication too. Oh yeah. Because yeah. Uh, I feel like even though you've never yelled at me or anything like that, which is great, I think that that's a huge pattern breaking great thing. Um, in the beginning, I would, you know, let's say I had a rough day or like I wanted to just vent something out. He would get angry trying to fix it. Yeah. Like he yes. wanted that's, really... another, that's another common man thing is oh, yeah. like, because if you don't fix it because of your definition of man, it means you're less of a man. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And it wasn't till because I kept wondering how come every time I tried to open up, we'd get into a fight. And I was just like, it's not even about him. Why? Why are we getting mad? Yes. And it was because. It wasn't until we started opening up and communicating about what exactly happens during these fights. Like, what is the catalyst to us being like, hey, I want to have a conversation to us like screaming at each other. And it was that he it was intentions. It was a miscommunication of intentions. Like, I felt like he was because of my own past. I felt like he was yelling at me for having emotions. And um, he actually was getting mad because he wanted to fix it. And none of his solutions were good enough. In his eyes, right. he would he would offer so solutions. So I felt like my solutions were being disrespectful. And I was just shutting well. yeah. them down. Yeah. And I and I didn't know how to say I don't want a solution. I just want to be heard. Right. right. Yeah. And so, so if you don't communicate that, all that's running underneath, yeah. and then what we have is two people just reacting. And then it just piles on top yeah. of each other. And, yeah. And, it, yeah. and that's what it did for a year. We yeah. didn't know that about each other, and it just 
compiled to this point of where we we were almost going to break up. Yeah, and it's about like, oh, your socks are on the floor. All these little things, but it's not about that. It was actually toothpaste. Okay, exactly. That's what we were about to break up. Yeah. (laughs) But you can't wait for them to give you a weapon that you can use as ammo in your overall argument about why they suck. Right. You know what I mean? Because it's all in defense of yourself because you're not communicating. Yeah. um, Any man uh, listening to this... um, Try, you don't have to fix everything. Yeah. I mean, sometimes people just want to be heard um, or validated, uh, and that's enough. Like, that that's everything. And just be there with them and be empathetic, and it's okay to be like, man, I'm sorry you're going through that. Yeah. I hear you with the period. That's what I wanted, and I didn't know how to communicate that. It was yeah. just that his response wasn't what I wanted, and right. I didn't know why. Right. I just wanted him to, like, hug me and be like, Oh, that really sucks, but yes. it's okay. Yes, We're I will in... say I do that pretty. And he does that good now. really well. Pretty now. expert yeah. at that. But are you still beating her? Or no? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> not. Yes, every day. Absolutely. <laughs> every day. No, but uh, but there's a recent thing that I think I do now because of that. I maybe overcompensate for solving her problem. Oh, right. For not solving her problem, and so in certain moments when she's like, "Okay, but like, what do you think about this? I need, I need, I need to know what you think about this." I like, I had oh, been playing it passive, yeah. and I don't know what to say because I don't want to throw her into a tailspin. Right. right. It's a balance. Yeah. Yeah. It's a high wire act. I think baby. it's all just in in. But the then you say that intention. I don't want. Yeah, to, I don't does. want. I don't want you to go into a tailspin. Yeah. Right? I do. Yeah. How can I? How can I help? Like, and I help? think the 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 most helpful way is like when you just don't present it as a like. Well, what you need to do is this, right. and like, why mm-hmm. haven't you been doing this? Like things like that make me feel like. I fucked it up already. It's too late. But things that are like, well, um, maybe we could try doing that. Like, if yeah. it's more suggestive and less demanding, those are the times that have been like the best. Yeah. Where I'm like, oh, I didn't think of that. You know what people don't ask is, how can I love you today? How can Aww. I help you today? He how does. Can- I do. No, that's He's great. He's really yeah. good at that. Yes, especially I men. Wake I- up in the morning. That's the first thing I never thing ask I say that. That's amazing. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I need how, to do how that can more. I show her I love her today. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You actually ask her that? And yeah. yourself? I-, I ask myself that. How can I show her that I love her today? Because I have to show right. her that I love her. I can't just. I mean, I do tell her that too every yeah. morning. But but it's about showing too. For what her. A, that's her what, what a man. Yeah. He's amazing. Oh, that's amazing. I know. I need to do that more. I was crying in a video though. That's pretty pussy. Yeah. What a pussy. It's a compromise. Um, but yeah, I think that it does two things. One, you're actually asking your partner how they want to be loved. Yeah. You know? And then two, you're being vulnerable. Yeah. You know? So like, again, going back to communication, people don't ask questions like that. They just assume and try to fix and, and, and also try to expect. Um, it's it's a lot of um, assumptions and a lot of um, being in your head. Yeah. Instead of like being down with the and, person and kind of like pulling from your own issues yes. it's like you yes. it's your you're projecting yes. something that's not even happening onto whatever they said oh, yeah, or did it. and then cognitive distortions and all of that you know and then if you have false beliefs where you feel like you're not good enough pretty enough smart enough tall yes. enough, whatever all that shit comes up and then now you are reacting and it's like confirming that all the beliefs were true yeah, yeah. yeah. and it, none of that is true no but it's all this in your head yeah it's like your head's yeah. a lawyer building a case for why you suck oh god and then taking Everyone all the pieces as that. evidence yeah, yeah. yeah. The, ma- the most dangerous place to be is in your head yes I have a question for you yes that we can take off the air if you don't want to answer it on in the wow. mic okay yeah but i have always wanted to know this from like a psychologist sure or like a life coach what's the last thing because you, you're, you're you're married again right or oh, you, no, I'm or, married. or you have a, I'm in a relationship. Are you, you're in a relationship yeah, yeah not married what's the last thing that you guys argued about like what do you get into arguments about 
with because you're you're like you should have all the answers. That's no, your stereotype. You know what right. I'm saying? You know, it's like um, it's like uh, 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 Phil Jackson can take um, the Lakers to the playoffs, but he can't throw. Uh, free throws like Kobe. Oh, I love that. Right. You know, That's awesome. yeah. it's like I have my. Um, I can be reactive, and I have all my uh, insecurities, and I have a story and all that. So, um, everything that everyone else argues about, okay. you know, everything. It's it's. Uh, so any therapist or uh, relationship coach who presents him or herself in a way where like my relationship's perfect. Mm-hmm. Like I think that's a huge red flag. Totally, I I would lose trust. Yeah, but if I come to you and say, you know, I think I could help you and I could help you process, and then, but also I'm human. I've also been divorced. I've also done things that I'm not proud of, and I also everything that you're struggling with, I also struggle with as well. Yeah. Um. Then I'm meeting you at 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 a, a street level, at your level, or you know, and then. We're like let's do this together kind of thing i love that yeah, yeah. i think that that's so much more helpful because yeah um, i'm definitely not perfect yeah i think yeah. that's what attracted me to your instagram in the first place was um i, I you know i follow tony robbins and mm-hmm. eckhart tolle and sure. like people like that yeah. but in my mind it was never they're like you know up here dropping like behind the podium and, yeah, yeah and i never related to sure. them i just took what they were saying like oh okay sometimes i can apply this to my life and yeah but tony robbins is fuck a lot which i relate to actually uh tony robbins is is pretty is relatable yeah Yeah. um but like i actually used to make fun of tony robbins but then i watched his netflix doc and i was like oh okay i i get it right but i still feel like yeah on the conventions that he does i still feel like he has this like yeah but he's also from another generation yeah i feel like he was like the first life coach and a business coach or whatever and you know he's a um, but I think the uh, the Instagram generation, uh, the generation of influencers, mm-hmm. um, we're interested in transparency. Yeah, we're not interested in you being behind the podium or holding a megaphone. We're interested in you being one of us. And I think they can spot that a lot. Oh, yeah, a lot faster. Instantly. Yeah. So, what would you give um, with identity and purpose? Like, because purpose has to has a lot to do with identity and yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, what What advice would you give to somebody that doesn't feel like they know their purpose or yeah well the first thing is i think we have many yeah throughout our lifetime um i, I agree yeah I, you know this idea of like you have to find your purpose i don't that puts so much pressure mm-hmm. you know and i and i know when i was lost if that's all i was hearing from whether it's my parents or the world i'd feel like um because i don't have one i'm defective mm. you know yeah and the thing is that i think we have many yeah you know and when i was screenwriting that was my purpose right and also today as a uh, author my screenwriting and stuff that I've learned in that world comes shows in this. Totally. Like I write vertically. I do other things. Um, so I think purposes like domino is all kind of like it's all one flow of life. Yeah. Um, so that's the first thing is that we have many purposes and they change as we change. Um, and I, I, the word passion also because it's just become a T-shirt and like quit your job and do what you're passionate about. That's, you know, and yeah, I get yes. that. Um, I did that, right? Mm-hmm. But I think um, what trumps passion is curiosity. Mm. So I love this idea of being curious. You yes. Know? So the moment for me was uh, 10 years ago. I didn't have any fault. I just started a blog. I didn't have any direction. I was broke. I, you know, whatever. I was just kind of becoming a therapist. I answered someone's email, like like four pages. And she PayPal me 20 bucks. And PayPal was new. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God. And in that moment... Um, I, I cried, I actually, and I didn't have, the, the cameras weren't on the phone, so I actually uh, filmed it on a, on a, and I said, uh, when you don't make it about you, the universe does, and I was like crying, Aww. and I was like, someone 
give me 20 bucks. It wasn't about the money. It was yeah, about it was someone. Principle. principle. Someone found me valuable. So yeah. that was one thing. But then right after that, I was like, oh, wait a minute. I can make money off the internet. Yeah. And then that curiosity, just like, what else could I do? Took what you I, in the next yeah, direction. And then yeah. I was running like groups on Google Hang. I was just playing with my Legos again. And I think that's where you start to get passionate. Yes. So as you're curious, you get passionate, not the other way around where you're okay. like forcing passion. Right, right. So if you are deeply curious about something and what could be possible, what you can do, and it doesn't matter if it's like, what can I do physically or what can I do as a an actress or, you know, on how can I, you know, like for me, I'm obsessed with how can I help people in different ways. Mm-hmm. So if I feed that curiosity, it's going to go toward passion. Right. And purpose and all of that stuff. That's so true. So because- start there. Uh, I, I, f- I feel like similar to you, I started in acting and that was like, I was very passionate about that because I was curious, the the, curi- the what I loved about acting was um, what makes people tick, like the psychology yeah. behind why people yeah. do what they do. Yeah. And so I was always into like being the villain character or characters that weren't like me mm-hmm. uh, because I, I really feel like when you are that character, you're not thinking I'm the bad guy. Right. You're acting out of something that came from your past psychology, like stuff that happened to you in childhood. And that took me down that path of really studying human behavior. And I feel like, you know, this, we know 10 years later coming to the, this podcast is all about human behavior and, yeah. and what makes people do what yeah. they do and why we didn't learn certain things and, and because we were going off of old models and all kinds of stuff like that. So I totally totally get that and I also think that there's certain things that I've done out of curiosity that then became a job yeah. and then it killed the it killed the passion and curiosity from but it. also in relationships when you're stop when you stop being curious about your partner oh yeah right the passion dies yeah Ooh. like even sex yes like get curious about everything yeah mindfulness and when you know I'm talking about what what would this feel like and See? what if, sex in public come on True. get on board get curious, get, get curious oh man, <laughs> man. Hey, dude, I need the bathroom to smell like decent or I just get it takes me right out of it bro oh, I can't oh, do it in the public bathroom I wouldn't do it she wants to do that's what I'm saying hey, it doesn't have to be a public bathroom it could be like at the beach it could oh, be at the park I'm wow. giving you options right, right. but Those I just like something like she... on a whim where so, there's a chance we could get caught right right it's like the getting caught thing yeah are you guys did you have you guys are you the the what is that the mile high club thing have you guys haven't done, done it you yeah. would yeah. never do it <laughs> well first of all it's, I'm too, big, it's man. too small it's very yeah. too small yeah. what do you i'm yeah. extra too big for it yeah, yeah, yeah well yeah, i wouldn't make you do it there okay but yeah. I, but be open to other places at the park she wants saying. it at the park yeah. apparently yeah or maybe we'll rent a private jet or some shit mm. oh that would be I would, i'd be down for that yeah then you actually get a room yeah that's like true a, yeah yeah That'd be okay okay i'll compromise you get a private jet we'll do that um but curiosity yeah. Yes. Okay. Everywhere. Bedroom. That's what we like. Room, um, doesn't matter. We like going to new places together, like mm-hmm. brand new places where neither of us have ever been there, mm-hmm. and then that way we get to share each other's thoughts on it. And usually we we think the same thing, but sometimes when we thought completely different things, yeah. it's really interesting to yeah. hear if, why. If I'm somewhere and Nikki's not there, it doesn't feel like I experienced it because I don't get to talk with her about it. Oh. And that's my favorite shit. Yeah. Getting to check in and talk about yeah. what, like what's going on. Yeah. That's it. Keeps it fresh. Like we just went to Disney last Friday. Oh yeah, we had realized a pretty whatever time, but right. we got to shit all over it together and it was fun. But we realized mm. I realized some things at, at Disneyland is that like I think I want to be a mom now. Like I didn't mm. ever feel like completely ready until right. like we went to Disneyland and I was like, I guess this is your thirties, right? Because in as a kid, you're so excited, you want to be there, like you want right. to go on all rides. 
in your 20s, you're like, oh, I don't have to be with my parents and like right. it, all these rides, I could just go wherever I want. It's cool. And and then in your 30s, you're kind of like, I've been here so many times. Like, I'm not even into this anymore. Yeah, and even right. when you're in a new land, aka Star Wars land, sucks complete ass. Yeah. Oh, does it? It yeah. looks amazing on the oh. uh, the advertisement, but it's horrible. Well, I was, here's, no, here's it the thing. It looks like Legos. Here's, no, here's <laughs> the thing. It, it looks great, but yeah. but I never seen it before. Right. Like at least the Harry Potter fans, they all get to walk through Hogwarts and all the shit that they've seen in the movies. Yeah. yeah. This is a new land. Congratulations. No one's ever been here before. You get to experience it for the first time. But you're like, everyone's only taking pictures of the Millennium Falcon. Nobody gives a shit about everything else because yeah. they've never seen it in a movie before. Oh, yeah. it's not. From it's the a movie. Com- it's no. a different oh. it's a different planet. What the hell that's, were they thinking? That's, that's cheating. Yeah. Right. That's, that's like, what doesn't make any sense. That's like, hey, guess what? Seinfeld fans were opening a Seinfeld theme park. But it's not Jerry's apartment you're gonna be walking through. Right. It's Jerry's neighbor Fred who was never on the show. Yeah. yeah you get yeah. to walk through Fred's apartment. And then maybe in the in the very back of the apartment, you'll see a door and it says Jerry Jerry's apartment number. And you can walk up to the door and you can look at the door, it but you open. can't go in. <laughs> that's how fucking Star Wars land oh, is. It's God, a joke. That's horrible. Yeah. Everyone that's Walks immediately up to the Millennium Falcon and then like, well, okay. yeah, but that's why on the ad, all the ads is just a Millennium Falcon. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's so true. Exactly. They got yeah. nothing else. Yeah. They got poor Chewbacca walking around 100, 113 degrees in a freaking oh, costume, going ah, ah, trying to make it look like Star Wars, but it ain't Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if we had a kid, I think I would relive that through them. True. Mm. I think that like it's all brand new to them, and right. I'm like, that's when you're like. I need a kid for things to be cool again because like same thing at Christmas time I was like why is this so boring like usually Christmas is like mm. oh my god it's Christmas yeah. Yeah. but I was so bored because I'm an adult now with no kids I actually yeah. had a great time because I had kidney stones and I was on Percocet the whole time so oh, Christmas oh, was fucking stones. lit that dude. is horrible <laughs> yeah. well it looks like that's a new chapter for you yeah as a mom yeah alright get to so. work thank yeah. you I will yeah, start tonight work, buddy <laughs> Well, thank you so much for being yeah, on today. I feel like I could talk me. to you forever yeah, about awesome, anything. Yeah, I, uh, so I can't much. believe it's been an hour already. We like to do this last thing called final thoughts. It's just like you're used to this. It's yeah. just like a shot glass, like sure. last final thought about authenticity or truth or whatever we were talking about. Oh, man. What can I say? Um, trust your story. It's the most valuable thing you will ever own because wow. most people want to rip out chapters. Mm. And... Uh, I think there's a tipping point where you not only trust your story, but you start to accept and embrace it where it becomes bigger than you. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then it's not even about, that's where you're like, oh my God, my story is actually powerful. We didn't even get to the through you. Yeah, we didn't get yeah, to that. Yeah, yeah. Like, but that's, yeah. you got to just get the books, get the okay? Book, yeah. I'll Thank leave you. a link in the description. Definitely order the books. But that's, it's just so, so cool. Thank you. Yeah. My final thought is that, John Kim, someday I hope I see a TMZ video of you <laughs> screaming at your lady outside of a cheesecake factory, and you're like, well, I don't give a fuck! Yes. And I'll be like, he is a real guy. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, That's my that. final thought. Yeah. That's your final Absolutely. thought? Absolutely. Awesome. Uh, for me, and I don't know, uh, people are all different, but for me personally, I think the biggest uh, transformation into living a truthful self for me was... Um, defining who I know I am and if someone else has a different opinion just letting them be wrong like letting people mm, be wrong about right, me right uh, because before I always operated from a defensive place yeah, where it's yeah. like well, I, they gotta understand me they yeah. don't know me like yeah. I need to prove that I'm right, not that right. what they think but you know what it's just okay for people to be wrong about you you know what I, uh, helps me a lot is um, what someone thinks about you is none of your business yeah I like that yeah I like, I like that too okay. 
As long as the people that I love love me, I'm chill with other people who don't I don't know not yeah. liking me. Yeah. That's my Your real circle. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening. Um be sure to go to iTunes or rate us five stars. It really helps us out a lot. Also go check out John Kim, the angry therapist on Instagram. Look check out his books. They're all amazing. And uh follow us on uh fo- you can follow us on Instagram too, where should they don't tell you. And please rate us, it helps a lot. We I really appreciate s- it. I already said that. I know, but I just wanted to hit it again. So, well. <laughs> like, like we're advertising. Yeah, well, and you could check us out on Patreon too. Yeah, Patreon. that's a fun place. Hit it again tonight because she wants a baby. Yeah. Hell yeah, son. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.